Hey there, welcome to the Ohioan Podcast. Um, we're talking Seinfeld tonight. Um, season 2, Episode 3, The Jacket. And as always, I have Craig and Laura with me. How are you guys doing? Good. Well, how are you guys? It's good. It's good. We're here and we're breathing, which is always a fun thing. So, all right. Well, so, where do we start with this? We're going to make this a little bit short of an episode. So, uh, Craig, where should we start with the jacket? What do you want to talk about first? What's the takeaway from the jacket you want to mention? Well, you know, there's there's one scene that I want to get into. I don't think it's worth starting about, but okay, this is kind of an interesting episode. This is a good episode. Um, obviously, the biggest thing is we meet Elaine's father, hmm. Bennis, who is this amazing writer, and everybody's afraid of him and. And it's kind of a funny thing. But my biggest question, though, was Jerry and Elaine dated. He never met Alton Bennis until this dinner uh, meeting in a hotel lobby and getting drinks and then going to dinner. Like, that was kind of strange. I mean, I don't know. You know, sometimes it's the continuity thing that we've talked about in the years past and, you know, in episodes past. And, you know, it's just kind of strange that, you know, they dated. And I know that he's, you know, they're in New York and he's in Maryland. But you would think at some point, if they're dating, whether it's long term or just maybe even a a good friendship, that they would know who they are. Like, you know, they didn't even know who the guy was when they walked into the hotel lobby. If you were Elaine, would you let them, let your boyfriend <laughs> meet him? Probably oh, yeah. not. Probably not. He's, a, he's rough around the edges, although... He ends up liking uh, Jerry. Jerry. Yeah. yeah, not George so much, but not George. which is weird though, because you know, why I mean the assumption about George is that he thinks George is gay. Mm -hmm. But it didn't really make sense as to I mean, yeah, there was some times George was nervous talking, but it didn't really make sense. Like George wasn't really aside from the ice thing where he ordered uh, club soda with no ice, and then of course Mr. Bennis ordered scotch with a lot of ice. But it didn't really make sense as to why he had those preconceived notions of George. Because he was singing. Oh, that's oh, right. The Les Miserables. Yeah, that's right. Yes. I Master of the House. Yeah. But then he also was singing it on his yes, drive home. Because it's, yeah. That's so, one of the things that I wrote down about yeah. this is um, earworms and, you know, how horrible they are. Yeah. And I used to, when I worked with you, Chris, I used to be the victim of earworms for like, I would get them in my head and they would last for months. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. it was horrible. I had this Frank Sinatra song in my head for, I want to say like six or eight months. It was terrible. It was just like, it was just like four words or something. I don't well, want to sing it because it'll happen again. <laughs> well, my wife gets mad at me because, uh, I, I watch a lot of old SNL and, um, you know, Keenan Thompson, the web with that, that he brought has brought back various times over the years. My wife laughed once when I first showed her and said, Hey, this might be amusing. And uh, the other day she came downstairs, she was doing laundry. I was doing some work in the office, and I had what up with that. And she's got really mad. She's like, Now it's gonna be in my head for a year for like a day. And you know, you know what it was. She, Craig, she you know who to... is in that sketch? Who was in that? Jason Sudeikis. 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and he was so nice and kind. He was probably and so great and such a oh, nice yes. guy. And <laughs> yes, he was actually fine. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. I mean, he was friendly to everybody. Which is oh, what what a wonderful human being. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, this is, yeah. this, you know, this is an interesting episode. Obviously, there's always the mundane and everything's centered around something that doesn't really matter or make sense. Here we get. This episode is centered around Jerry getting a new jacket. So this jacket is this beautiful, well, I don't know, in the eye of the beholder, beautiful suede, what looked like maybe dark brown jacket. And um, I, I found it odd. Now, I know I know space is limited in New York City apartments, but he was getting rid of his leather jacket that he had. And Kramer, of course, being Kramer, opportunistic and just uh, <laughs> sort of the ultimate mooch, Asks him, well, what are you going to do with your jacket? What are you going to do with the leather jacket? So he's like, oh, well, you can have it. So he gives Kramer the leather jacket. So I guess because I guess you can only have one jacket per household in New York or something. <laughs> um, and of course, the big debate was uh, how much he paid for this new yes. suede jacket. We don't really ever know how much he paid for it. Mm -hmm. he, he was when he was trying it on. Elaine was like, oh, you know, looking at the price tag, and she's like, you know, she gives her little oh boy, and Jerry's like, well, I think I have an idea of what it would be, and then he looks at it, and he's a little sticker shocked, but then he ends up buying it, and of course, George, being the cheapskate that we come to know and love throughout this series, is, is curious about how much he paid for it. Kramer saw the receipt, so he knows how much Jerry paid for it, and we never really get a sense, though, of how much he paid. And George, you know, remember, was badgering Jerry in the apartment asking, what did you pay this much? Don't talk for five seconds if you paid more than X, you know, whatever. thousand dollars. A thousand dollars. So that that was yeah. the big hook was how much did he pay for this? How much do you think he paid for this gorgeous, I guess, suede jacket? I looked up suede jackets okay. like that. And I saw what to me looked similar because I, I I just Googled uh, suede le suede bomber jacket. Right. And Macy's had one for six hundred ninety eight dollars. Oh wow! And that's twenty years ago, so yeah, it was yeah. probably right around the same. I would think. Okay. So. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. You know, I I guess I'm not I'm not I would I mean I've never really had a suede jacket, but. I mean, are suede is suede better than? No, leather? it's just your own preference. It's like yeah. shoes, you know. Yeah, your own preference, but it does get ruined, you know. Right, just like and, what he had, and that's the big hook of this episode. So they go meet mm -hmm. Elaine's father. Elaine's late because she gets caught up by Kramer. Kramer tries to foist off this uh, this task of waiting in his car because he's double parked while getting some doves. So then Elaine ends up getting called by Kramer. She comes over and sits in the car. So two minutes turns into more than 20 minutes later. So they finally, you know, get back in and all everybody's meeting up. They're getting ready to go to dinner. Well, it starts to snow. And Jerry's like unsure if he should go outside because of his suede jacket. Well, he, you know, George says, why don't you reverse it? Well, in this inside of this is just this very strange candy cane like striped pink inner inner lining i i mean that didn't really seem to make sense for that jacket but right, you know yeah. it's a pink lining that's you know well pink and white striped lining so instead of reversing it well reversing it and then elaine's father sees it and kind of calls into question his manhood for wearing <laughs> a pink 
you know, a pink inside jacket. So yeah, Danny wouldn't walk with him to the restaurant. He would not walk with him, you know. So it's snowing. He decides, well, okay, I got to, for whatever reason, I guess, he decides he needs to impress Elaine's dad and ends up walking, you know, to the restaurant they were going to with the jacket exposed to the cold and snowy weather. So then his jacket gets ruined. And what I don't understand, now I, I know that suede can get ruined, but it looked a little different when, you know, it was hanging up in the bathroom and then Kramer ended up, of course, because he's Kramer, ends up getting this this jacket. Yes. But how, how does suede ruin in the cold, wet weather? And is it is it something that you just can't wear anymore? I mean, I don't understand. Well, it looks terrible. It gets like the watermarks show and they don't go away. I mean, they might be, you might be able to have somebody do something to it, but right. it's probably, and I mean, he should have, <laughs> because if you paid $700 for that jacket, he probably should have. Right. I mean, the whole thing, I mean, that part of this didn't really, didn't really make a lot of sense. Um, I think another thing that didn't make sense is, okay, so you know, Jerry doesn't want to wear this anymore or whatever, maybe for the optics of it looking bad. But Kramer, of course, then rubs it in and, you know, ends up getting this jacket, yeah. does not care that it looks like it looks. And doesn't and, give the other one back. And he doesn't give the leather jacket back. And he even <laughs> mentions, oh, it's a shame that you gave me the leather jacket, too. <laughs> yeah. while, while Jerry is wearing this, like, little kid's varsity jacket that you would get in <laughs> high school with the, the two-tone sleeves and stuff, mm -hmm. you know. So what I don't understand is why didn't Jerry just say, well, I'll trade you. Just give me my leather jacket back or, yeah. you know, whatever. And instead he just says, well, I gave it to him, so I can't ask for it back. I don't understand why he doesn't just ask for the jacket, the leather jacket back. Yeah. Well, I mean, as we all know, Kramer is jacket obsessed. Yeah. Remember, have we, right. we haven't gotten there yet with the mom jacket thing, have we? No, no. No, because that's coming, Ben. You know, he there's this weird jacket that he took from his mom's house, and it's not it wasn't hers, and some dude wants it back, and he's right. like, he's completely jacket obsessed. He, I mean, it would have been it would have been nice for somebody to say, you know, that really doesn't look that good, or you right. know, if you're you know somebody among them should have said something, but they were all so concerned about the price and how much he had lost in the yeah. lost in the deal. Well, you know, the, the biggest thing that, okay, and this is the, the smallest of small pet peeves. I don't know if you noticed this, but when Jerry was getting ready for that dinner date with Elaine's dad, he tied his tie. And I couldn't help but notice that the tongue of the tie perfect was fine. It was fine where it was located, but the underneath portion of the tie was going below the tongue oh. of the tie. And I could, I, I'm sorry, it's the dumbest, it's like a Seinfeld episode in my head playing. No. How can you go out in public when the, you know, the, the bottom of your tie is showing through and underneath, you know, making it look like you're, you don't know how to tie a tie. It was just the one weird thing. I did not notice it. I could that's, not stop noticing it. surprising because usually I notice that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I saw, I, I, I feel like a dumb Seinfeld episode, like a really bad <laughs> Seinfeld episode pointing it out, but I couldn't help but notice it. I'm like. Does he not know how to tie a tie correctly? Does he not? Maybe he, he should have. Probably, 
he was probably but, acting at the same time and not focused on what he was doing. And yeah. they just, nobody noticed probably. You're yeah. probably the only person that ever noticed that. I don't know why. It just stuck, <laughs> it stood, it stood out like a sore thumb. It That's really funny. just stuck out to me. And huh. I could not stop looking at it thinking, you know, he's trying to impress Elaine's dad. He gets this bomber jacket. <laughs> you know, Obviously, he's dressed to impress for whatever reason. I don't know. <laughs> But, I mean, I, I I don't know if there's like an intimidation factor. Like maybe it's part of him trying to like impress Elaine's dad. So maybe if ever they ever got back together, you know, he'd be in with the family or whatever. But it just seems strange that he was trying to like, not that he got the jacket specifically for that dinner date, but it seemed like why couldn't he have gone with the leather jacket for the dinner date if he was, you know what I mean? Like, so it yeah. almost seemed like he bought that jacket knowing he was getting ready to see Elaine's dad and wanted to impress yeah. her. You wonder like in the time that they've known each other, if she had ever told them or him about how horrible her, her father was, yeah. you know, it, maybe that's why maybe it was totally out of a little bit of fear yeah. that he felt well, that he needed that. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I think, and I know we need to wrap up soon too, but I wanted to talk about um, that alter or that meeting um, and in and, and the great Lawrence Tierney who played Alton Bennis, who was always great every time he sprouted up and he's been great in other things. But, uh, you know, I think we've all experienced, you know, we all can relate to those awkward conversations with, you know, someone you don't really know, but then you're kind of stuck with them. And they that seems to be you know, something that we see sometimes here in Seinfeld episodes where you're kind of thrust into a situation where you're not very comfortable, but then you still have to go, even though I don't know, do you, do they really, I mean, I know Jerry and George tried to get out of it after the initial sit down and they had ordered the drinks. And then of course there was the ice, you know, issue, but it seems like Jerry and the cast would always get put into these situations where they could have simply just said no to doing it. Whether it be the dinner party that we just saw with the pony remark or this, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, obviously they don't, they probably want to, you know, meet Elaine's parents and stuff. And obviously Jerry and George know each other's parents, but is it really something that they had to do? I mean, and obviously no. it, it sucked because of the timing with Elaine getting stuck by Kramer, but why do they put themselves in these situations when they kind of knew a little bit that Elaine's dad was rough around the edges. I think to me, it seemed like because she was begging, you know, yeah. she's like, you have to, you have to, you know? And I mean, she seems, she seems rather uncomfortable with him as well. Yeah. Well, you know, that was, that was, she doesn't know too. what she does, you know, for, <laughs> for a living. Right. Because he asked her in books, yeah. you know, yeah, she, he asked her if she was working. So maybe the, yeah. uncom the uncomfortableness was partially hers wanting to have some deflection. Yeah. You know, and, and maybe they felt a sense of, I need to be there for her. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Okay. But, uh, you know, the thing, I was reading something, I forget even what it was. I was trying to find it yesterday to send it to you guys, but about the fact that he was only in this one time, you know, that uh, I, you know, I don't know how much of this stuff is true that you read on the internet, you know. Right. <laughs> but uh, apparently they had got him, they got him and they intended for him to make many appearances. But the cast was terrified of the guy in real life. Yeah. Because apparently he stole a steak knife 
and hid it in his jacket and then showed it to Jerry, I guess, or George. I can't remember one of the two. And they were like, no. <laughs> and so they never had him back after this first episode. <laughs> so well, we, never, we never met her mom. No. Never. We, she claimed she had a sister. We never met um, any other relatives, right, of hers? I don't believe so. No. Well, I mean, it's it's not against uh, Seinfeld to, to write people off. I mean, look at, uh, you know, George was literally engaged and they just simply did not like, yep. you know, did not like the actress, you know, playing yeah. his fiance and they... It was very similar, yeah. Yeah, they got rid of her. So, so. you know, that's that's kind of funny. That's something, you know, that's what sometimes you run into, especially when you're in a long-standing series or people are just different and, yeah. you know, maybe he just was... Uh, a little bit too serious for that role, which is kind of surprising, but uh, that's kind of a funny story. I, I mean, not funny yeah. story, but uh, kind of an interesting story. Yeah. I, mean, um, I mean, if you hire the guy that was in um, Reservoir Dogs, <laughs> you know, to be in a comedy, you know, yeah. I mean, he taught us all that we have to tip, remember, <laughs> in Reservoir Dogs? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you, you have to expect a certain amount of, you know, aggression <laughs> um one of my favorite moments in this episode is um when they're jerry and george are in the bathroom and they're trying to figure out a way that they can leave yeah and he said we can tell him whatever it was and, and jerry's like we can he'll just clunk our heads together like mo <laughs> <laughs> and you know it it kind of had that feel you know that that's what he would do because yeah. like when they were sitting there on the couch every time they showed them they look like little kids sitting on the couch you know yeah. Yeah. and when they drank you know they were both drinking something that was not alcohol yeah cranberry you know? and lime and then yeah. the club setting, like, right. and lime. i wonder how that would be yeah. and you know they both and they both just like took these little drinks like they were little kids yeah. you know yeah. So. That's a good point. And, uh, you know, George obviously tried to get, not that he was leaving, but he, you know, he made the excuse to, to leave to, to go make a phone call. And then, of course, most of the time people just say, whatever, okay. So when George gets back, he's like, well, who'd you call? <laughs> and he has to make up this backstory about his uncle having bone marrow surgery. So, <laughs> so that was kind of a, a classic George having to think on his feet kind of thing, which was kind of funny. But you notice, though, usually when George lies, He's very calm and in control, but around Elaine's father, he it was, was flustered. He was flustered about making mm -hmm. up a certain lie or how what he should say. So that's kind of funny. Yeah, even when he was getting away to go to go make the phone call, he's yeah. like, "I have to make a phone call." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was just crazy. Um, I mean, that's what fear looks like, I guess. Yeah. Um, the. Uh, I, I really like this episode. Just it's a good episode. It really is. Yeah. There is more. There's more of a lane, but still not enough. Right. But it, you kind of, with the premise of it, you kind of have to not have her there <laughs> if you're gonna right. you know, terrify the other two. Right. Um, you know, Kramer is still Kramer and insane. You know, yeah. everything yeah. is a plot. Everything is, you know, him trying to get something for nothing. Yeah, very good episode. Uh, uh, sort of one of those classic, what you would consider a Seinfeld episode. And it, uh, mm -hmm. I think, um, I know we talked a lot about the pony remark being probably the best to the date 
I think this is probably better than that. So it's probably um, maybe not necessarily a better showcase for Elaine and Kramer than the other episodes have been, but still a very good episode overall, though. Mm-hmm. And then we go downhill next week. <laughs> yeah. In my opinion. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, we got to start talking sometime about their DVDs. My goodness. I, I had the wrong order for DVD. I watched the wrong episode. Man. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. That was Come the on, last one of the second season, I think, the one that you watched, Chris. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, my, my apologies. Um, you know, and, some, I just noticed this today when you said which one you watched. The second season is also very, very short. Yes. It's only 12 episodes, which is no. crazy, you know? I mean, maybe they... Yeah, maybe they didn't love Jerry as much as we, you know, we thought. Well, the second the second season was a mid season sort of. I wouldn't say it was a mid season replacement, but it was a mid season uh, entry. So, usually there are times when you do the mid season replacement or the mid season show, you don't always get the full twenty to twenty four episodes that other you know full run fall series get. Right. But the order is a mid season replacement. It's you know, yeah. as Laura said, it's they weren't one hundred percent bonded. I mean, they yeah. liked it more than they did first season because they only did like six episodes. Right. They weren't, you know, they weren't, maybe their feet were in the pool, but they weren't all the way in the pool. Well, I mean, so, yeah, but given the two-year hiatus from the, the pilot episode to then, oh, certainly yeah. they, could have, they could have had plenty of time to, to write more than 12 episodes in a, you know, for their season. So I think it was NBC kind of being halfway in the deep end, but not really diving just yet off the diving board. Yeah. Well, it, I kind of wanted to, and let's mention this. I want to mention this before we closed. Um, you know, we talked the other week about continuity errors, and you know, we talked at the beginning of this episode about a continuity error. And you know, we're all journalists, so you know, we focus on editing, and you know, maybe it's something that not everybody would see, but you know, we want to make sure we present the best products. That's why we edit stuff. And you know, I think about. In my church, I help with production, and there's a lot of stuff that we agonize over behind the scenes that people at our church will probably never recognize or realize because we want to present a good product. I'm wondering with Seinfeld, I never wrote a TV show before, but you would think they would look at those things because maybe you know no one's noticing it unless it's a group of us that do a deep dive podcast. But you got to wonder if someone's. Should somebody look be looking for stuff, or it's it's know. it's probably more challenging, especially in that era when you don't have, like, you can go on many a multitude of databases and find scripts and and things like that, and have script supervising. But sometimes when you get, I think, at the biggest problem when you get into these these shows, especially sitcoms, is you have different writers coming in, kind of parachute in, write an episode or two, come out. You have a director that comes in and out. You know, yeah, you have Seinfeld and Larry David show running, essentially. But sometimes you get those people kind of parachuting in from different areas. And I think that's where you get some of those continuity flaws. I mean, you even see continuity flaws in in other shows that you would think you could just go and load up your scripts and be able to look at what's been written or watch the shows back and just know... You know, oh, does Jerry have a, a brother? You know what I mean? So things like that where you could easily just ask a question in your mind and then go back and look through whether it's the script or whether whatever it may be. You know, so I think 
especially then there was probably a lot more leeway for for continuity issues like that just because you know you had different people coming in and out of the series and you know you didn't have a database where you could just load a script up on on the internet or you know go on these message boards and you know as you're writing look up you know fan you know fans that just obsess over uh, you know obsess over the shows yeah there was no internet movie database then no right. <laughs> yeah well well, we got we got to say that controversial stuff. I mean, Lauren and I've argued in the past about <laughs> girlfriends, so I, I I go back to that comment from last week. I'm a Larry <laughs> David guy. I might nothing against Larry David, but Larry's a better uh, actor than I think writer, in my opinion. And you're right. You know, maybe it was a parachute writer that made that error, but still, come on, Larry. And strangely enough, this, you know, show, I'm, I'm, as we're talking about this, is this like one of those rare episodes where Jerry does not have a girlfriend in this episode? Oh yeah, a love, a lo- no love interest at all, real, really. Mm-hmm. No even mentions of a love interest. His love interest was the jacket. It's the jacket. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> and that may be his best girlfriend there on the, the couch. The way he was sitting there on the couch in his pajamas. He was excited jacket. about it, looking yeah. at his jacket in the mirror. Yeah, he and was. And the other thing I said when I was watching this was. You never saw that mirror again. No, never. Yes. You know, he didn't yes. care about how he looked in the other episode no, ever again. He did not. Yeah, Jerry starts really being Jerry in this episode. I mean, you, it's got foreshadows Jerry and the rest of the series. Now. All right, well, good deal. Well, like I said, I'll have to record something some other time about my, I'll have to do a big rant against the DVD, you know, playlist, how they put that together. I know you get. I'm sure people are going to be out just saying you cheap. You know what? You know, just subscribe to Netflix. So you can watch them order. But hey, I, I got to be difficult. So I don't know. Any, any other thoughts about Seinfeld, the show as a whole? No, no the good episode. I, <laughs> River Creek. You, have, the, you have, the, have the coffee table box set, or just the uh, <laughs> the normal box? Did set? it come with a coffee no. table? Yeah. I just pieced it together from. Oh, okay. I, I got the first couple seasons. I mean, there are legitimate Seinfeld sets, but I, I just did one at a time. I found some of my old garage sales and, okay, you know, Goodwills, and yeah. I couldn't find the last two seasons, so I just went and bought it from Amazon. So, okay, yeah. My friend has the coffee table book set. So, oh, okay. You know, it's pretty majestic. Very nice. <laughs> Nice. Is it as majestic as your uh, your nativity set? Oh, right now? Well, yeah, that, that thing is really nice. Yeah, it's lost a few pieces over the over oh, the years nice. here, but yeah, I'm in the I'm in my my room here. I switched up okay. the location, so I have a little background today for a change, which is nice. Right. It's nice. Well, well, Craig's, Craig's in the midst of a move. I'm assuming that nativity set will make the cut from what yeah. goes in the moving van, right? Yeah. I don't know if it'll stick on a new wall, but we'll we'll take it with us and see what happens. Very good. All right. Well, let's let's close up shop. So, what are we talking about next week? Because I got right down because I can't trust my DVD set. <laughs> this next week's show, I, I got to make myself familiar. The phone message, I believe. Is that Ooh. what it's called? Something like I that. Think, I think so. Yeah. Well, it's season two, episode four, for sure. Okay. <laughs> Fantastic. So we'll talk about the phone message next week. Um, hey, Lauren and I are going to record Frasier sometime tomorrow. I 
I'll leave the exact time undetermined. We don't want anyone <laughs> listening in, but we're going to record uh, Fraser tomorrow. We'll have it out shortly, too. So for Laura and Craig, this has been Chris. Thanks for checking out Fraser. Uh, check out our sponsors. Cash App deal will be up. So check that out. All you got to do is use the code. They'll be on the podcast provider. All right. Have a great night, everybody. Thanks. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.